The KTAR News Coronavirus Report. This is the KTAR News Coronavirus Report. She's reporter Taylor Kinnerup. I'm Joe Heizenga. Taylor, you've been following the latest numbers for KTAR. What can you tell us uh, where we stand as far as COVID-19 in Arizona? Well, I can tell you as of today, we have 2,456 cases and 65 deaths. But I think the most interesting number from today that we saw is the massive jump in testing. Yesterday, we only saw somewhere around 27,000 people had been tested. And this morning, now more than 32,000 people have been tested in the state. So we are seeing a growing number of people tested. You've been tracking these numbers a little longer than I have. I also saw 7% of people roughly coming back positive for the coronavirus, 93% testing negative. Has that number went up or down or stayed about the same? Yeah, actually, that's a slight uptick. It had been settled pretty heavily at, or not heavily, but it's been settled at about 6%. And over the weekend, I want to say on Sunday, we saw that jump up to 7%. And that stayed consistent even with the massive number of testing increase that we saw just today. Have you seen the website covid19.healthdata.org at all? Had you seen any of their projections? I have looked at it, but I don't know them off the top of my head. No, I'm not going to quiz you on them. I just <laughs> I wanted to make sure that uh, people out there could hear where Arizona's at as far as COVID-19 right now. So it looks like... Well, we've heard all along from the governor and uh, Dr. Christ that Arizona was projected to see the worst of this by April 26th. This site is projecting that we're actually going to get there a little sooner on April 23rd. And the good news is, is they actually upgraded our prognosis here in Arizona a little bit, saying that not only does it look like we have enough beds necessary, but also ICU beds. They're saying that we have 500 plus available, 508 available, and they're saying they think we, we're only going to need, I say only, uh, we're only going to need 177 beds, and they project that we're only going to need about 150 ventilators. So, I mean, we've heard these numbers for the last several weeks about, you know, needing, you know, uh, thousands of ICU beds or thousands of ventilators. And to see this and to to hear that, well, yes, you know, we're still talking about 65 people who've lost their lives. And if you follow this through to uh, what they project as, you know, the next couple months, we're still likely going to see several hundred people die. But we've heard that that number could be much worse. So it's encouraging to me. And And I'm just curious what they're basing that on, if it is those increased tests or if it's possibly the weather heating up or some other factor. But it's good news to me. Well, so I would add... In addition to all of that, yes, Arizona's weather, which is one of our you know main exports, is what we're known for. Mm-hmm. That's obviously going to help us when it comes to coronavirus. But also something that Arizona is widely known for, at least in my opinion, when it comes to our economy, is a public-private partnership. And we've seen so many companies step up, places like Honeywell, to provide some more PPE, uh, personal protective equipment, mm-hmm. and uh, different things that we absolutely need as a state. I think that's also possibly been the thing that's helping our numbers is we're seeing that public-private partnership really in tandem. So it's not necessary to require the the federal government to step in the same way other places may need because they don't have those same business ventures or uh, business avenues here like we do in the state. 
So Now, again, I'm not trying to quiz you here, but I'm, I'm curious if you're digging into this a little bit, kind of like I have been, a little over 1,400 cases here in Maricopa County. Obviously, Maricopa County, the largest county in Arizona, because we've got, you know, Phoenix, Mesa, Scottsdale. The big cities are in Maricopa County. So if Maricopa County is making up, you know, almost a little more than half of the cases in the state, you know, all but a thousand essentially, what percentage is that of the state? Because we've got so many more people living in Maricopa County. I know that that there's, you know, a lot of cases in other counties as well. But to hear 1,400, to me, doesn't sound that bad when I also know that we have millions of people in Maricopa County compared to thousands or hundreds of thousands in other counties across the state. Have you heard anything as far as what percentage of the cases that actually is here? So, no, I, mm-hmm. I haven't. I couldn't but tell you that. But does that make sense to you? I get where you're coming from. I totally do. But I, I do think uh, let's put some things into perspective. So Please. one thing that just happened minutes ago mm-hmm. was the Navajo Nation announced that this weekend they're going to implement a 57-hour curfew. Mm. Uh, one thing that we might forget and might not recognize is that uh, indigenous people gen- uh, tend to live in multi-generation homes. So that means families are staying together kids, parents, and then grandparents are all in the same home, so you're more likely to spread to a family of eight rather than a family of four in Phoenix. Right. So there are different risks, and so if there is multi-generational homes or in places like Coconino County, maybe there are more elderly people, or Mm -hmm. in Pima, there might be. So when you, you have to look at the other demographics around the state, and so I get what you're saying. And the other thing to keep in mind is, yes, we have about half of our cases in uh, in Maricopa County right. as far as confirmed cases, but we also have more than twenty thousand tested, which is also, it, I mean, it matches up. So, just things to consider that there are other factors as far as demographics to pay attention to and to keep in mind when it comes to where we're seeing cases and why people might be taking certain precautions in other places, even if they're not as populated as Maricopa County. Obviously, the the testing has ramped up quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. Have you heard any projection in terms of where they expect that to be two weeks from now? Or is it just continued messaging from the governor and Dr. Chris that they look to continue to ramp up and increase the testing? Yeah, no official word to my knowledge yet of of how they plan to ramp it up or how many more or what the projection is there necessarily. It's right now, I think, from what we're hearing from other impacted counties and states is getting as much as you can, because that's kind of what's needed. And uh, in the White House briefing today, we heard President Donald Trump say, well, almost 1.8 million Americans have been tested and we're testing more than any other nation in the world. Mm -hmm. So the, the name of the game is testing as many people as possible so we get those accurate numbers so we can better mitigate any problems down the line. And, and I agree with what the president's saying there, too, but kind of to the point with Maricopa County as well. When you say we've tested more people than any other nation, we've also got more people here than most of the other nations out there with coronavirus. So I would hope that we're testing more people here, too. So, I mean, to well, me, look at where it started. We had China, which is, right. has a far more populous yep, nation. And we found out last week that their government might have been lying or was lying about the number of cases and people tested and things of that nature. Absolutely. And I think 
transparency is happening here in the U.S., specifically in Arizona, in the aspect that the intention to test more and get more results out there is clearly more evident than possibly other countries. Agreed with that 100 percent. But when I hear people say, hey, we're testing more people than a, a Spain or a France, that that to me is like comparing apples to oranges, because, again, we're so much larger. Now, if you want to compare the U.S. to a larger you know, group of European countries, you can go ahead and do that. But otherwise, you've got to be talking about percentages and not the raw numbers. Yeah, and I get that. Definitely apples and orange comparisons on on numbers like that. But I think when you can compare testing people and how much information you're able to get your own individual country, we have a greater, more vast amount of information on those tested. And that includes age demographics, and that includes other uh, comorbidities or other underlying conditions people may have had. So I do think the intention is to find more information. KTAR News reporter Taylor Kinnerup, thank you so much. Thank you. He's Peter Seymour, KTAR News reporter. I am Joe Heisinga. This is the KTAR News Coronavirus Report. Peter, you were covering a story today about Maricopa County departments moving their command structure so that operations and response are managed at a single place. Can you dumb that down for me? What what essentially does that mean and why is that good to fight COVID-19? So, Joe, what I can tell you is that Maricopa County now has a unified command to produce a unified response to COVID-19 and its tracking and its diagnoses and its and, and the stopping of its spread and keeping people healthy. What this basically entails is that public health, emergency management, the sheriff's office, the human services department are getting together with uh, representatives from the state of Arizona, as well as the Red Cross and other non-governmental organizations for disaster emergency response. So basically they have all these members in this command center, which could be somewhere in uh, downtown Phoenix. And basically they talk about, okay, we've got this problem. How can we respond in this way? How can we respond in a way that doesn't conflict with what you're trying to do? So they're all sitting around, uh, you can picture a table, but they're all socially distantly acceptable, so they're all sitting about six feet apart, Mm -hmm. talking about what they need and what kind of response they all can produce singularly so that they're not stepping on each other's toes and getting confusing messages out to the public. And did they give you any guidance in terms of what messages they are putting out to the public? Basically, they're looking for situational awareness. They want to know which neighborhoods, which communities, whether they're tribal or whether they're different neighborhoods in Phoenix, different neighborhoods in the suburbs, uh, what they're all experiencing and trying to collaborate all this data and then having, again, a singular response to stopping the spread and getting the right messages out there, keep the social distancing going, keep the hands washed, stay at home and so on and so forth. And then they're also wanting to show the public how the county is responding to all these problems related to COVID-19. And one of the hot-button topics has been uh, personal protective equipment, or PPE, as it's been come to known. Which is everything regarding uh, masks, gowns, uh, anything and everything that they need to use in hospitals. And we've seen a lot of stories saying that they're having to reuse that equipment. And obviously that can be dangerous because it can, uh, you know, increase the risk of contracting the virus. 
That's exactly right. So they're, uh, hopefully these health workers are able to follow the CDC guidelines as to washing their masks and their scrubs. Uh, you know, if, of course, if they're able to be washed, most of them are made of cloth, so that should be okay. Of course, they throw away gloves right away because, you know, that's just as bad as, as not washing your hands. If, right. you, if, you don't, if you don't wash your hands, then well, it's just, you know, the gloves aren't protecting anything else. They're protecting your hands, but no one else. So the gloves have to be thrown away for sure. And then they also talked about distributing this PPE, this personal protective equipment. The medical health director for the county, Dr. Rebecca Sunshine, said that they're prioritizing whatever supplies they get from the federal government or from their uh, stockpiles or from anywhere else, that it goes to the long-term care facility. So think senior citizens and people with severe health conditions because these are the populations that spread the virus the most. Yes, other other populations can spread the virus, younger populations for sure. But all, but really, it's the older, sicker populations that uh, do it the most. And then one other thing Dr. Sunshine said to me that stuck, stood out to me was that uh, other states are tapping pediatric units for ventilators. Why? Because the children are getting COVID-19 the least. So these states with these pediatric units are thinking that maybe they could spare some ventilators for these older populations who come down with the virus. Regarding the PPE, is there any particular uh, equipment that is in high demand right now? Did they let you, are, are they taking any donations regarding gloves, masks, things like that? Or, or do they have enough of it? No, they, they say it'll never be enough, no matter how much they get. They're getting great quantities from, again, the federal government, from the state, their stockpiles, however you want to put it. You know, but they say keep it coming. So whatever you can donate that meets their requirements, by all means, do so. And right now, Peter, you and I are uh, conducting this interview over Skype. What is life like for you working from home? Obviously, usually every day I see you in here at the KTAR News Center. But uh, due to the circumstances of the coronavirus, I know you were a little under the weather last week. And and um, most of our reporters are working from home. What's life like for you from home? Well, to be sure, I was under the weather, like you said, but it was not COVID-19. That's, that's was, right. You, was, had, you had like a cold. I had a cold, exactly. It was in my throat. Of course, I need my throat to do my job, to speak on the radio, and I couldn't do that. So I, of course, uh, stayed home and rested and then got a lot of medicine into me. And then, of course, I'm doing social distancing anyway. Uh, I'm halfway through my 14 days, and I could choose to do that longer. So working from home... It's interesting. You know, the, the sad news is that I don't get to see my colleagues like you, Joe, and everyone else in the KTAR News Center um, to interact with people, to be at the center of the news gathering operation. That's a little difficult. But fortunately, you know, we have the technology in this day and age that we can do our work from home. We have mm -hmm. Skype where we can record interviews. I have a broadcast unit to go live with a 4G signal. Of course, I have my laptop with a word processing program and an audio editing software that I can, uh, you know, do everything from home as if I was in the newsroom center. Um, so it's, it's great to work remotely. It's great to social distance and quarantine to keep my, uh, my friends and family safe from me. And this way I can also recover as well without the stress of having a commute. Well, it, it is great to hear your voice. And I'm sure there's people out there listening right now who say, like, why are you in at work, Joe? Why aren't you sitting at home? And, and I would tell people I've been coming in 
a couple days a week for a couple hours to get some essential tasks that I need to get done to get some talk shows on the air and to talk to some leadership in the building. And, uh, you know, if normally I'm in here five hours a week, you know, 40 plus hours, I'd say now my life is more like, you know, maybe 10 to 15 hours total mashed into two days. So it's brought a lot of changes for all of us. And we're just trying to bring you the news out there and uh, and stay safe at the same time. Peter, I'm glad you're getting better, and it's great to hear your voice and look forward to seeing you know more stories from you on KTAR.com and on the air as well. Absolutely, Joe. Great talking to you as well. Stay safe out there, and thanks for all that you do. And like you were saying, we all have to do our part, and if that means broadcasting from home, we do just that to keep all of our listeners up to date uh, with the coronavirus. He's Peter Seymour, KTAR News reporter. I'm Joe Heisinga. This is the KTAR News Coronavirus Report.